Attention devoted geeks. Welcome to episode 82 of Com Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions. Signals indicate a new area of the planet geekery has been discovered. Music District now open. Sending out music specialist team, codenamed Primitive Rhythm Machine. Engaging in 3, 2, 1. Come here, Johnny. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. General introductions, everybody. I mean, hello, Ge- hello, General. What? Wait a minute. That's so bad. Uh, no, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of our podcast. Our podcast, yes. <laughs> yet to be named podcast. Hey, um, edit that. We'll, we'll we'll clean that up in post. We'll be like Glenn Beck. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Is that what he says? No, there was a there was a uh, a, a video of him having a breakdown on his. Oh, that was uh, Bill set. O'Reilly. That was Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. That's right. We'll do it live. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that, who did I say? Glenn Beck. Oh, I thought. Yeah, I get them mixed up. I don't yeah. know why. Anyway, yes, I'm sure everybody listening wants to hear us talk about political commentators and people who uh, used to host Inside Edition. That's our politics show. Huzzah. No, I I am so anti-politics. But uh, no, uh, this is a show featuring me. My name is John and Mr. Steve McDonald. That's me over here. Uh, We do several other podcasts that... uh, um, Let's see here. I DM for playing games with strangers. I voice act for Supersonic Pod Comics, and I also play on the Supersonic Pod Comics uh, RPG podcast. Does that have a name, Steve? It doesn't. No, because you guys haven't come up with a team name yet. So I figured you're going to name it after the team name. It would probably either have something to do with the team, or it could be the team name. Huh. So I would want it to to at least, you know, reflect that. I mean, it might be like, you know, you guys think of the team name, you know, the Super World Rangers or something. And I'd be like, well, okay, you guys came up with the, that name. And so I'm going to come up with the, you know, a name for the podcast. And it's going to be, you know, uh, Steve running the team or something. You know, it's, it's going to be something. If, 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 put it this way, if, if it's not the team name that you guys came up with, then I probably didn't like the team name that you guys came up with. <laughs> Don't so, give me that kind of information because then I'll know. No. Uh, actually, uh, what it might be is something that reflects the world that you guys live in or that you guys are existing in. Uh-huh. So, you know, like Supersonic Pod Comics talks about the actual podcast. So right. Supersonic Pod Comics, you know, you, you, it has the word pod right in there. So mine might be something more akin to, like, I'm just throwing a, a name that's already out there. Like, like Guardians of the Galaxy would be a description of those characters. It mm-hmm. might not be their team name, but it, it describes, you know, what's going. So it might be something like that. Um so I still haven't. I still. I really wanted you guys to to uh, have some, you know, team name building uh, discussions. I think I already threw that out there that you guys should be thinking of. I don't think they understood that. But for those of you at home listening, yeah, Steve does the DM work or GM work, I guess, because it's not actually Dungeons and Dragons. Gee, uh, for the uh, Supersonic there RPG. There might be a dungeon. You don't know. Steve also does voice acting for Supersonic. Yep. And Strange he is 
a veteran podcaster with Strangers and Aliens, as we were right. just talking about before the show up before this episode started. He was they were the one of the first nine podcasts on the internet. <laughs> I've actually been podcasting for one sixth of my life. It sounds cooler than it <laughs> He also has the uh distinction of being the first person to ever get bleeped on Strangers and Aliens. <laughs> What did I get bleeped for? Because you spo- you tried to spoil uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, okay. So they bleeped me for content, not for language. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this Dark Knight Returns pretty much spoils itself, but we're not here to talk about that. We're not we're here, here to, to talk about comic books, no. <laughs> Unless they have something to do with. Whatever we're talking about. Which is music, right? Yeah, yeah. Music. So, so you know, go ahead. Everybody, everybody tuning in right now is probably like, "Who are these nitwits?" And where's Celeste and Dallas? <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> the cool people. <laughs> uh, we're the Z Squad. Uh, no, hey, that's a good name for the podcast. Z Squad's more like no C. Oh, I see what you're doing. Uh, no, but uh, Celeste had contacted us and asked us to throw a show together that specifically focuses on music and boy is this thrown together (laughs) indeed uh (laughs) this this is a little bit looser format than how i foresee future episodes going um but we wanted to give you guys at home kind of an introduction to uh who we are uh, as podcasters uh, as well as our background in music and uh, a few more thoughts on the topic um so if if this loose format isn't so much what you're into, no fear. Uh, we have a little bit more formatted episodes going forward. And if you want more loose episodes like this, where it's just Steve and John talking about stuff, or alternately John and Steve, um, yeah, let us know, and we will be able to to facilitate you. We can we, we can we can talk for hours about absolutely nothing. We will throw the script out the window. <laughs> We have a script. What? Wait a minute. Don't let him see behind the curtain. What? Or we we have a curtain. <laughs> uh, we, I don't believe the budget allowed us to do that. <laughs> the curtain money. We have not. We have done. So, no, so uh, general names and who we are aside, uh, like so, Steve. I'll ask you the question. Um, when Celeste and Dallas asked us to do this, how what what did you foresee the show being like? Like, what's what what is the intention of this show? Um. Well, I was like, first of all, I was like, cool, we can talk about music because I love talking about music. And then I said to myself, self, what's the show going to look like? I mean, like, sound like visually, if you understand that, which. I, if you do, then let me know, um, because I don't. But you know, how is it? Are, are we going to go through the you know Christian music encyclopedia A through Z? Are we going to look at different genres? Um, you know, what are we just going to look at? You know, hey, this is my favorite band. They just put an album this week. We're going to look at that. You know, what is it going to actually look like in in the in that way? So that was that was my initial thoughts there. I see. Um, well, because you asked Steve what I thought it would be. What like. do you think, John, <laughs> of the thing when they put out the thing? What's the thing? Uh, no, what I what I what what my thought was. I I always like segments and podcasts that kind of breaks up the instead of just having one stream of consciousness. Um, but my thought was we would spend some time uh, just kind of talking about what we're current, what we're currently listening to. Um, and then uh, after that, we could spend some time on a centralized idea for the episode, like the main content of the episode. Mm-hmm. And maybe, um, I don't know, uh, take some, have some uh, audience participation, you know, take some callers. A- Send, send, have them send us some emails and answer questions. Like if you, if you have a, uh, 
band you're super into, but you want to figure out, is there a Christian equivalent or what would you recommend? Like I'm really into ghosts, but I'm not so much into the whole worship Satan aspect of them. Who would you recommend? Which you shouldn't be. So, but, uh, and then I also, now that you said that, uh, I also pictured it as being a judgment free zone as well. Like I, I, I'm not anti-secular music by any stretch. And that, that's kind of a me thing. I, I, you and me have never actually had that conversation, Steve. Well, uh, maybe maybe that can be what this show is about. What, like, a, how do we interact with secular music? That could when you, be. When you say you're you're not anti-secular music, obviously there's some music that you think shouldn't you know, Christians shouldn't get into. Right. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's, let's jump into that in a little bit here. Um, okay. but, uh, the, the point is this is, I want everybody who listens to the show to feel comfortable to listen to the show. And if you are, if you are in a place where you just, you, you, you listen to secular music or you listen to secular and Christian music and aren't one of those people who just listens to Christian music only, uh, just know that you are, there is at least one like mind in, in this <laughs> podcast with you. Um, I, 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 I listen to both. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I also listen to, to secular music, although less and less as, as the years go by, but here's, here's my take on it. People come into Christianity at different levels and they process the worldliness that they've come into Christianity from at different rates. Okay. So I could be saved out of the satanic church. Okay. So God, I I wasn't. (laughs) Okay. Hey man, I'm learning all kinds of things about you. Keep talking. There's actually a satanic church, couple uh, uh, the cities down from mine. But uh, besides that, um, I haven't been there, which is a good thing, right? So, (laughs) or have no. Um, So, if I were saved out of the satanic church or a you know really nasty cult or you know off the streets where i had to do some despicable things to make sure that i stayed alive things like that then you know the initial entrance level for me into christianity would be okay christ has saved me and i have that so now okay uh, now I, I i smoke cigarettes and i drink a lot of alcohol and i actually you know do some drugs and you know there's still all these different things in my life that I do that well i know I'm no I'm, trying, I'm kidding i'm kidding I'm trying to get to you trying to, trying to talk <laughs> to you john um but the thing is i i use this um little story to to talk to my kids about how god works on humans and individuals when he saves them it's sort of like you are a child and god is your father and your father says go clean your room and you want to please your father so you go up and you clean your room you take you know all the big stuff and you move it to the side and into the corners and into the walls and and that floor right in the middle looks pretty uncluttered okay and you know, you did it and your father comes up and says that that's great. Great. Okay. Now that all those big things, they need to go into the, the toy chests. Okay. And you say to yourself, Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, I misunderstood a little bit, but it's not like I did something wrong. It was just my first step. So, okay. And he leaves and you come, you start to put your stuff away and you get everything in the toy chest and he comes back up and he says, that's great. Great. Okay, now all the surfaces need to be cleaned up. And you're like, I didn't even look at the surfaces. I was just looking at the... Okay, all right. And you work on the surfaces. Then he comes up again. All right, that's great. And I sweep everything up. Okay, okay. And then he comes up again. That's great. And it's time to dust. Okay, that's great. And, you know, now it's time to polish. And so every single time he comes up, you want to please him. And what you're doing, if you're doing it faithfully, 
is pleasing him. Even if it's not a complete, you know, you're, you're doing everything that needs to be done all at once. God works on people at that rate. At, he worked on me on my rate, you know, and, and when I grew up, I, there were some things, and even growing up in a Christian household, that I didn't understand fully about Christianity. So when I got into my 30s, and people were really like talking about repentance more than I really thought was necessary, I was like, well, what's the real deal with repentance? I mean, repent, what does it mean to repent again or repent? I mean, it, it, and all of a sudden I was like, wait, this is something I never really dug into. And when I started to dig into it, I'm like, I don't know if I actually repented. I mean, I there was sins that I knew were wrong and that I tried to stay away from and things like that. But I'm like, repentance is much more involved than what I actually thought of it as being. Some people think of it as just like, just not doing those things again. But, you know, sometimes I, I try to, to show people, I have a lot of stories. I'm a storyteller. I work with kids. So <laughs> here's another story. Um, when I talk to people about repentance, I, I talk to them about uh, like going on a trip. Uh, say you were up north like me and John are. And you said, hey, we're going to go to Disney. And everyone get in the car. We're going to go to Disney. And you start driving and it's getting colder and you see snow and pine trees and the big sign that says, welcome to Canada. And you're like, there's no Disney in Canada. And you wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going the wrong way. So what do you need to do? You know, first of all, you need to, to stop what you're doing. You know, you, you stop sinning. That's, that's the, the parallel there. You stop what you're doing. You, you apologize. You talk to God and you say, I'm sorry, I did the wrong thing. I, 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 was, going, I, was, I was doing the wrong thing. I was sinning. So in the story, you apologize to the person who's in the car with you that you told were going to Disney you repent. You you apologize there. That's part of the repentance thing. Then you 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 are you feel sorry for it. There's an actual sorrow for doing that. You wasted time. You wasted this other person's time. You wasted all that stuff. In in real life, you know, you wasted your time and God's time. You know, you weren't out doing what you were supposed to be doing because you weren't a Christian, and all that stuff. So you know, there's that aspect of it too. Then you turn around. And, and all of this, I want to make sure people understand it's with the help of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing you can do outside of, of you know, God working in your life. And when I say these things, I don't mean it's you that turns yourself around and you that's able to stop sinning. It's all the Holy Spirit and, and God working in you that way. So you turn yourself around and you start moving in the opposite direction. And this is the key here, because when I talk to kids, I say, is that all we need to do? We've gotten to Canada. We did all those other things. We turned around. Now we're headed back. So what else do we need to do? And they think to themselves, well, you know, we're not at Disney yet. So we still need to get there. And I say, well, okay, so if we're going down towards Disney and all of a sudden we're headed towards, you see a big sign that says Texas, what, what's going on? Well, we're going the wrong way still. So it doesn't matter if I'm going completely opposite to the way I'm supposed to be going or not going towards it going in a now I'm going in a in a different angle I'm you know still going away just a little slower. We have to keep going until we get there. Perseverance of the saints. You need to keep going until you get there. And talking about that with kids is a little difficult because that involves the end of your life and you know, when you're talking to a four-year-old about the end of their life, you know, you sort of have to couch it in other terms. But usually I, I talk to them about that. You know, you, you keep going for your entire life until you until you get there. And that's repentance. And so, when I understood that, it started to click. And I was like, have I not been a Christian my whole life? Or was I always a Christian and God was just sort of like, you know, this is when I was going to learn this part of it. So I don't know if I've been a Christian since I was, you know, six or if I was 36. I don't know. But, you know, those things are important because when it comes to music, some people 
you know, they're still listening to fill in the, you know, the, a, a terrible band or, you know, Deicide. <laughs> it could be Deicide. I mean, someone, something with, with, uh, uh, that type of thing in their name, you know, killing God, obviously that's impossible, but you know, they named themselves that because of those reasons. It could be a, a band with swear words in the title. It could be a, you know, a band that, that you know, their whole stance is, is anti-God or something like that. And you might still actually be getting something out of their music. It could be just the music. It might even be some of the words, you know, your, your worldview hasn't been changed yet. And it it's slowly being changed. So it's sort of like, you know, combing out hair. You know, you, the first couple of ones are going to hurt. But after a while, it's it's much smoother. Oh, and, come on, Steve. you got to give them an – you got to use examples that you can relate to. I used to have hair. <laughs> I used to comb my luxurious mane. But Actually, Steve, you, you, you did. You used to be very hirsute. I was – I wore a hirsute suit. That makes no sense. Yeah. So let's actually talk about music. <laughs> yes. So when it comes to music, if someone else says, you know, oh, I listen to, you know, just using your example, deicide. And I, I think I say to myself, well, what do you get out of their music? And if someone is getting something out of their music, I might gently encourage them to, you know, think about maybe listening to something else, but I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to call their Christianity into 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 play or anything like that, or or you know say that they're not a Christian. They're being worked on that way. I was worked on a different way. You know, I grew up and I had uh, Christian music and I had secular music and and you know it was all over the place. And then there was a time where I was only listening to secular music, and then there was a time where there was a big mix, and now it's more Christian than secular. And, you know, so it, it, for me, it was, it was different. And God may never call someone out of listening to those musics. You know, it's, it might not affect them the same way it affects me. For me to listen to deicide or, you know, anything that's going to uh, be blasphemous. Um, and as I understand blasphemy better and better by reading the Bible, you know, I have to start cutting other things out of my personal listening lists, you know, so I might not listen to, uh, uh, you know, Dear God by, who is that, ABC or whatever it is from the 80s. Um, someone else might listen to that and say, you know what, it, it is a song about doubting God and, and it, it, you know, it has a lot of things in there, but, you know, I by listening to that, it makes me want to dig into the Bible more. So, you know, I don't have a problem listening to that song. And I would say, well, I guess good for you. (laughs) You know, but for me personally, I don't listen to that song. I choose not to listen to that song because for me, it's more of, I don't want to listen to things that are, or at least to me seem like they're blasphemy. So I try not to listen to that stuff. And and I, I draw the line for myself probably much closer to, you know, much further away from from most secular music than a lot of other people. But that's me. Well, let's tap on that a little bit here. And that, that is something we wanted to talk about tonight. What do you listen to, Steve? What What is your musical milieu, so to speak? <laughs> milieu. Well, okay. Um, I just happen to have Spotify app. Um, yeah, I launched my Zune app when I was, uh, logging onto Skype today. So <laughs> <laughs> I came prepared as well. Nice. Nice. I have a vast, and when I say vast, it is a vast collection of Christian music. I've gotten it from many different sources. I've gotten it from, um, I used to work at a place which sold Christian music. So I would get, uh, the, you know the the free copies that they would send for us to you know to listen to and to review so they could we could put something up on the site as soon as the album got released um so i have a, a huge collection of music um and 
what it did is it's given me a better appreciation of music as well. So, you know, when I listen to, when you say Christian music, a lot of people think, you know, Petra or uh, what's some of the new, you know, just regular bands that are out there, you know, like just sort of that type of, you know, Christian rock type stuff. But, you know, I, I, I've done deep research into, you know, Christian punk and Christian rap and, and, uh, you know, different forms of Christian rock, um, Christian funk. Uh, I love gospel funk music. Um, usually it's, it's gospel bands and they have, you know, that one song that they play at their shows, which has a little bit more funk or a little bit more soul than a gospel song. So they can sort of capture that audience. And, you know, it's it, 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 the very few bands have like an entire album of gospel funk, but you can find a whole ton of gospel funk out there. You just have to know where to look. Um, uh, I just love finding niches where Christian music was and people just forgot about it there, like Christian music in the 60s, where you have, you know, Christian bands that sound more like the Beatles and things like that because you know that that's what was popular or you know the band you know or, or you know bands like that um and uh you know christian music from the 60s christian disco i mean christian heavy metal you know things like this when i started to get into them and when i was able to get into them in a larger way um and now with spotify i really use it as a tool to dig into um music that I wasn't able to to listen to back then because it wasn't available to me or mm-hmm. um, it, a lot of it is is music I recognized the album covers and I was like eh the album cover just didn't reach me I didn't want to put ten dollars down for it and now I'm thinking to myself man I could have been enjoying this stuff since the 80s and at least I can enjoy it now I, I have that same issue like I'll discover bands only after they break up and that just really <laughs> irritates me <laughs> Yeah, that can be a bad thing. But one of the things that I did recently, um, and it wasn't connected to the show, it was just because I wanted this list, um, was a band of Christian alternative um, stuff, mainly from the 80s. And when I say the 80s, usually I mean like 79 to 92, you know, that <laughs> Um, well, because this is another thing we can talk about with Christian music. A lot of times Christian music on the production side, back then was like two to four years behind what what was out there in the regular world. So if you listen to an album in 1986 and then listen to the radio, a lot of times that 1986 album wouldn't hold up because the production level wasn't great. It's because the but, money wasn't there. Exactly. But if you listened to that 1986 album in 1984 or 1982, you would say, hey, this is this is... This is right up there. That's that same quality that I'm looking for. And it just lagged behind to a point where uh, somewhere in the 90s it caught up. And 92 is, you know, right before gangster rap basically started you know, to hit big and right before grunge started to dig in. And, you know, these might be things that you enjoy. I'm not trying to dig at them. But those things sort of reset the musical uh, uh, language, basically. And things no, started true. Yeah, things started to be influenced more by those things than by the other stuff that that defined that era. So, um, well, you you know what caused that to happen, don't you? Why don't you tell us, John? Tooth and nail. Tooth and nail is that's a good that's a good uh, reason why. Um, to- yeah, tooth and nail was the label that really stopped they they stopped chasing what was trendy in the christian markets and started trying to put out christian bands that were playing music that was relevant to the youth of that era like the the very first band that was on tooth and nail was a band uh called wish for eden Mm -hmm. and uh they were very much in the vein of bands like helmet or uh or uh tool or you know bands to that to that end and uh there you know you weren't hearing other bands like that at that during that time period for for like christian bands Uh um 
you know, you, you, you had some of the, I mean, Christian metal had been taking off by then, but, uh, you know, if, if the nineties are known for anything is, is that it was the, it was the uh, decade where grunge killed metal, so to speak. <laughs> right. But I mean, metal was still right there in the background. Yeah. I mean, technically metal never really went away, you yeah. know, yeah. but, but I mean, there was, it, 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 uh, definitely got kicked down a peg or two during the, uh, Nirvana years. Uh, right. so. It's no surprise that, you know, Tooth and Nail relocated shortly after um, the Pet the Fish album by Wish for Eden to Seattle Mm -hmm. from California. Um, So, yeah, that's I I think that's the reason why, because once they because Tooth and Nail, when they took off, they took off and they like did everything right. They became the money powerhouse. They were the it label for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. they had and the so magnified plaid. They had, uh, I'll call them what they really guy. called MXPX. I'm sorry. I, I actually have an album which says magnified plaid. So poking at <laughs> that's yeah, what I, I think. Of. I have, I have poking at you as well. I, 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 I have that album, but, yep. um, so yeah. Uh, so I made this list on Spotify. It's I call it Christian X Alt, which is X for Christian and Alt for alternative. And it has alternative, it has punk, it has um, you know any any of that type of music that you would hear. And basically, it's because I I grew up around Boston, and there were two radio stations that were local to me that played alternative music, and you didn't. I mean. It was like two, and one of them only played it like you know at, at night, so you couldn't even listen to it every, all the you know during the day. You had to know you know which DJs were going to be there, and you could actually call them up. It was a, you know a, a college radio station, so you could make requests and things. And um, and the other one was just a, a regular Boston uh, uh, station, and and I started to understand that there's more music out there than what you hear just on the radio i didn't understand you know all of how music got on the radio and things like that um and but these stations would play stuff that you would never hear on any radio ever except they you know that dj likes those songs he's going to play that that list of songs and you might hear them you know a couple more times when the dj's playing it but you know if you didn't take notes and you like the song, you might never hear that song ever again, and you'll you you're lost. You you know, there's no way for you to find out who it was. Um, but that style of music, when I started to understand what was out there for Christ, for Christian music, sort of told me that there's an even deeper level of of music that's good, good quality music, and more importantly stuff that actually praises God and, you know, songs about issues, but how they're dealt with biblically and, you know, hymns and things like that, that are set to these different types of music. And it just, it just blew my mind after I understood the depth of it. Was there a, uh, I gotta, I gotta ask you this. Uh, was there a, a, a specific Christian album or band that kind of gave you that aha moment then? When I was growing up, I my mom would play uh, like gospel records, and so I had that sense of, you know, there's music out there that is this Christian music, but it always had that sense to it where it was just sort of like it was church music, it was gospel music, and then, right. you know, my friends were listening to you know Kiss and the Beatles and things like that. And so when I started to to listen to music for myself, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, so I really didn't want any of the, I didn't really want to listen to what Kiss was singing about. But I started listening to Rush, and I started listening to uh, Iron Maiden, because for the most part, there's, there's some problematic songs. Um, but they don't sing about 
fleshly lusts. Let's just say, you know. I get it. I get it. You know, um, they, it's like it's like my philosophy on movies. You know, blood exactly. and guts, no boobs and butts. Exactly. Edit that in post. So when <laughs> I when I was listening to their songs, I was hearing you know songs about TV shows and songs about uh, literature and songs about. Um, uh, you know, fantasy and science fiction and things like that. And I was like, these are the things that I enjoy watching on TV. And now I can hear, you know, Red Barchetta, which is, you know, it's, it's slightly science science fiction. It's set, you know, a little bit in the future, but it's 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 a little science fiction story told in four minutes and very well done. And it's it's like that little thing where you can just escape to this little story and you know iron maiden had those those songs where you could hear the you know uh, hallowed be thy name and stuff like that and you're like this guy's going to the gallows you know and this is the last things that's going through his head and stuff like that and and it was i i was looking for that type of quality and that type of uh lyrics that weren't going to offend me or offend my Christian sensibilities. Um, and when I heard um, Imaginary Music by Baron Cross, I was like, okay, you know, uh, Atomic Arena, that whole album was like Iron Maiden to me. So whenever I hear that, whenever I feel like listening to Iron Maiden, unless it's like one song here or there, if I want to listen to it, you know, an album and get that feel, I listen to Atomic Arena, you know, and it just kicking off with imaginary music. It's just, it's, it's immersive and it pulls you in. And, and even just the song itself, it's talking about that, you know, music of imagination that, you know, the, the thing that, that should spark what's going on inside your head it, it shouldn't be just something where you know you're just getting fed a, a worldly ideology or something um and probably from there i started to you know to to dig into the other heavy metal bands and trying to think what the um i was right on on the the floor level with with tooth and nail so I'm trying to think of the the bands that I was listening to uh, were like Daniel Amos, uh, Swirling Eddies, Terry Taylor, uh, Steve Taylor. Um, I didn't get into until I actually saw him live. And this is kind of funny because my wife was at that concert as well. She wasn't my wife yet. We didn't even know each other. So we call it our zeroth date because we ac- were actually at it the same place at the same time. Um, and we figured out afterwards that you know hey you were at that concert and it was kind of kind of funny um but when i saw him play live i started to understand what he was trying to do and then you know going back from there and looking at the actual lyrics and peeling them back and seeing what he was trying to do lyrically was fantastic and then of course you know tooth and nail um was probably where it just you know it that was where the traction dug in and i just started to uh, almost every tooth and nail album the the early ones i i would just pick up and be like this is amazing you know Havelina rail company and and you know all the different bands some of them i liked some of them i didn't like but they were just that quality and you know the production level was there and and all that stuff um so uh that was that was probably it for me i mean it, it rap came on as well sort of early uh, uh sfc's listen up from i think the 89 was like the the first one that made me say okay christians can rap <laughs> and you know i heard i had heard some stuff before that but that was the one that just sort of put it over the edge i bought that album like 10 times gave it away a whole bunch of times um and uh and then everything that came out of uh uh c-mode productions uh soup the chemist all that stuff. Um, almost everything. I, I I was just like, this is going to be quality, and it, that was just another whole segment of of the music spectrum that I said, this is this is going to be it. You know, this is this is I can follow this. This is this is what it's going to be. Um, and with alternative music, it was hit and miss. You know, with uh, with with punk. You know, it was the the Crucified put out a couple of great albums, then they broke up. Um, 
you know, punk was harder to get into and well, digging. When, they put, when you say they put out a couple of good albums, the two good albums that they put out were actually thrash metal albums. So, you know, I'm just saying, well, yes, but with heavy punk overtones and then their earlier stuff was much more punk. Oh yeah. That's, that's when they were trying to be minor threat knockoffs, <laughs> but Hey, they were a great minor threat knockoff. They were. Uh, I think they, they, they carved out their own thing. I, I don't actually think of them as a minor threat knockoff, and I, I enjoyed minor threat um, back in the 80s. But What's, that, what's actually kind of funny is Mark, uh, Mark Solomon, uh, mm-hmm. who, was the, who was the vocalist for the crew, yeah. and also more famously known for being the singer for Stavesacre, mm-hmm. um, he had a side project in the 90s where he went back to his punk roots, uh, Outer Circle. Oh, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he embraced the whole the whole minor threat knockoff aspect <laughs> in one of the songs. <clears throat> Did he? Yeah. Cause there's a, I forget what, I forget the name of the song. I have the album, but I don't remember the name of the song. And, uh, but there's a part where the music breaks down and he starts whistling. Uh, he starts whistling <laughs> in this, in the song. Right. Yeah. And, but what, what he's whistling is the, is to the tune of a song by minor threat where, where he's like, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home, but where am I? You know, and anybody who's familiar with Minor Threat knows which song I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, but he's whistling, he's whistling it to the same melody over this breakdown. And if you look in the lyric sheet during that part of that song, it goes, "If you don't know, if you don't get it by now, you never will." <laughs> that's, that's all it says, and it's in parentheses. Nice. So they they he totally embraces it. He's like, "Yeah, we're we're really into that band." That's cool. Yeah. So punk, it, it, uh, it was more slow for me. And then when I, when I dug into what was actually out there, you know, going back into the late seventies and stuff, I, uh, it was sort of amazing. Um, but that didn't come and, you know, until years later. Um, and with alternative music, you know, with the, the Steve Taylor and Terry Taylor and, and, you know, all the, the bands that were surrounding them, uh, they started to, to produce, uh, or uh, uh, Terry Taylor actually started to produce bands like uh, Mortal and uh, Deliverance and, and bands like that. And I was like, this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different aspect to metal and it's a different aspect to, you know, the, the techno sounds that, that Mortal was getting and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it, Right around that area, from like '89 to '92, it's like everything was was just ginning up and starting to to really put everything on its ear. So that was my experience. Uh, for me, <laughs> for me, uh, I grew up in a, in a in a house that where everybody listened to country music. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah so that that was me until i saw the movie wayne's world um no true story i saw i saw alice cooper on do feed my frankenstein on wayne's world when i was in the fourth grade and that changed everything for me wow. um but uh you know and then my sister kind of she was the one who kind of started trying to switch me on to christian music mm-hmm. um because prior to when I really, prior to her doing that, my background in Christian music was either uh, salty, you know, yeah, salt the salty albums with a P, or, yeah, or uh, or uh, Sandy Patty. <laughs> wow. So okay. So I mean, you know, that was not kind not of, making fun of Sandy Patty. Beautiful no. voice, just. Not really what we're talking about when we're and talking the about. the gift goes on. Our the father our gave the son. <laughs> the gift goes on. Anyway, um, so you know that that was my that was my background. So my sister was like, "Yeah, the Christian music's got heavy bands too." And I'm like, "Like what?" And she's like, "Like there's this band called Audio Adrenaline." Mm, yeah, heavy. <laughs> well, you know, They're my sister, bad. my sisters never liked heavy music you know and that that's that's kind of about as heavy as she gets i mean she anything with a guitar would be heavy for them no no i mean (laughs) like she has since expand like much like me she has extent since expanded her uh view a little bit like she'll listen to uh, like the 80s metal bands 
that have that 80s metal sound but um the stuff i was listening to not so much um and you know i i kind of switched on to audio adrenaline and the newsboys back when they were still good um when john james was still in the band uh but you know it really put in a different way now yeah yeah but bad just no it was back when they still wanted to be steve taylor right um but but it it never really clicked with me it was like yeah this is okay but this isn't really what i want to sit down and listen to Mm -hmm. um but then uh one year for christmas uh someone gave me a gift card to the local christian bookstore you know and i'm kind of (laughs) poking through there and and right about this time period was when ace ventura had come out Mm -hmm. and there was the scene where cannibal corpse was playing hammer smashed face in the club and and that blew my mind. Like I saw Cannibal Corpse on there and it was game on at that point. I had made friends with the metal heads in uh, junior high and, uh, and, and then they were, they were starting to, Hey, borrow the Slayer album, you know? Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, heavier is better. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm sitting here cruising the shelves in this, uh, in this, uh, Christian, in this Christian bookstore. And I, I, I ended up picking up two CDs there. I picked up uh, shotgun wedding, which is a bride album. Mm-hmm. And I had always heard, you know, you really got to hear they I, I remember seeing on my parent, my mom had been watching the dove awards one year and they got best metal performance with the song psychedelic super Jesus. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And I could never find any of their albums. So I saw that and it was, I, it was kind of like a greatest hits album for them. So I'm like, okay, I'll pick this up. And then I saw this one album and it like, I'm looking, it's, it's got this rusted out porthole on it and you're looking through it and you're seeing this ocean of blood. That's got these planets that are <laughs> dipped in it. And the, the name of this band has daggers in the name. And I'm like, yeah. And I look on the back and it's a bunch of long haired guys. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and the name, the name, the name of the album's called blood world. And I'm like, gore. You know? <laughs> I'm like, yes, that this looks cool. So I buy it. I bought it without even hearing it. And I put it in and well, and for those of you out there in the know, it was Mortification's Blood World album right yeah. when it first came out. And that was a slick little uh, thrash album, and especially if you get to the last track on there, Dark Illusions. Cause that, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I didn't know that there was Christian music. And that was really my aha moment was uh, Mortification's Blood World album. Wow. And that, that tipped me off onto the whole Christian metal scene. It was through Christian metal I started to really – find get into other genres because once i got into metal i was kind of like if it ain't metal it's garbage and that's how it was for <laughs> but after slipping in and then i i started getting experienced in other things i'm like okay well you know some of this rap stuff's okay too and and stuff like that and so I, eventually i began to diversify and now i pretty much like anything but it took a while and even country well, I started out on country. I don't like I know, a lot. But... I I don't like a lot of modern country, uh, the country that they put on the radio now. But it, you uh-huh. you put on some of the older stuff, like some Conway Twitty or George Jones or Hank Williams Sr. That's good stuff. I'll listen to that. Actually, <laughs> I I woke I woke up this morning actually with a Patsy Cline song stuck in my head. Now you got to sing it. I woke up this morning. Oh, that's blues. That's that's a different thing. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Like like blue, blues is, blues is the is the genre of music that resonates with my that resonates with me the most. And I, it's weird saying that because I listen to a lot I listen to a lot of metal and hip hop the most, but mm. what really resonates me is blues guitar. And that goes back to, uh, I was watching VH one in my bedroom back when I was a teenager and I caught the, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn episode of their legends TV show. Oh yeah. And uh, that was what really drove me to want to take playing guitar seriously. Yes. I play, I play guitar in in bands, everybody out there. I do. You've heard, (laughs) you've heard me play. I was making fun of you because you said, playing guitar seriously so you said he played gotcha well no 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 i mean i mean i mean before that i just kind of poked at it and i didn't take it seriously but uh after i watched that show and i was like people can do that and i'm like oh i need to (laughs) really figure this out so uh yeah so but yeah mortification man Uh, steve rowe 
like he is to blame for everything I've done musically in life. He's uh, for my, my constant need to reflect my beliefs within the lyrics of any band I'm in, even if I'm not the uh, songwriter, all that. I mean, he is my hero uh, when it comes to Christians and music. And he's one of those guys who he keeps putting out albums yeah, some of them aren't great, well, but I, res- I respect gonna, them. Man. <laughs> we're not going to go album by album. No. But, I mean, he's some bands, they, they stopped for good or ill. And then some bands, they just kept going. You know, Tourniquet's another one of those bands where, you know, when I started to, to get into that, I was like, oh, okay, this is the type of heavy metal that, you know, especially their second album, Psychosurgery, you know, and, and from there, their, their first album was a little hard for me to get into because it was so extreme. But I think by the time their second album came around, you know, you had, you you had, uh, you know, Deliverance and you had, uh, you know, Bride had put out their three albums, the, the, their heavy, heavy metal albums, basically. And then um, uh, Vengeance Rising had done their stuff. So by the time Psychosurgery came around, it, it wasn't as extreme. And what they were saying meant more to me than you know the arc of suffering or somnambulism or something um so you know it 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 really started to hit me from there on um still a big tourniquet fan um but you know just the the technicality of the drums and the you know all the time changes with the guitars yeah, Ted, Ted Kirkpatrick is a beast on that drum set yeah he's yeah, a weird guy in real life but he's a beast on that drum set <laughs> But we'll interview him on the show if you're listening, Ted. Will or or Steve, Steve Rowe, come on the oh, show. Yeah. I've 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 tried to contact him for interviews before. Um, but uh, Tourniquet, yeah, man, they're they're cool. Um, like my biggest my biggest encounter with the Tourniquet was uh, their uh, Vanishing Lessons album, mm-hmm. and I wanted them to be heavier than what I was hearing on that album. I really did. Uh, I now, see that. I, yeah, I thought that they, that that it was a good, like heavy hard rock and roll album for them. But yeah. everybody always, t- I, you know, it just struck me as being like, especially with the artwork, I expected it to be a lot heavier. Um, now I've heard I've heard bits and pieces of uh, psychosurgery and pathogenic ocular dissonance, mm-hmm. and those two albums were more of what I was expecting when I heard, uh, but. It's just that the whole stigma of that first taste I got from them off of Vanishing Lessons, I haven't been able to bring myself to buy anything from them. Really? And it, it's, it's, it's the same thing with Deliverance. I've heard other albums, like the only Deliverance album I own is River Disturbance. Mm-hmm. It, it's a good album. It's a good album. I want to put that out there. Yeah. But, but what I was expecting because deliverance was one of those bands that everybody always told me after I really started getting into Christian metal, like, Oh, you got to pick up deliverance. They're very, they, they have that old school Metallica feel to it. And so I picked up river disturbance. I'm like, this is Queensryche. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If you went back to, um, uh, what's the name of it? Um, the one what? that Terry Taylor did with them, uh, oh. uh, uh, stay of execution. Oh, um, that is a phenomenal album. Still one of my favorite albums. I should go back and listen to it because I haven't heard it in such a long time. Um, I thought you were going to say Weapons of Our Warfare, and I'm like, that's a good album, but I have a hard time getting into that. It, it, it's hit and miss. Um, um, honestly, I think more my, hit than miss, but still. My favorite but, album by them is the one that Jimmy hates. Which is... Uh, what a joke. <laughs> Why does he hate that one? I don't know. He hates that album, but I listen to that album. I'm like, man, this album is great. Well, I think uh, maybe one of the reasons why he hates it is probably it's, it was like a transition album and it had no actual theme to it. So it was like a bunch of songs they wanted to do. They did a black Sabbath cover album, I mean, cover song. They, uh, they did a, a Christmas song, you know, silent night. So they, they mm-hmm. put a whole bunch of stuff as a product but it wasn't. It didn't have like a like a central motivating theme to it. So I think that's probably. I mean, he's he's heavy on theme with his albums. I, I get it, but I mean, it, it's just like going back going back to and, and the other the other reason why I think River Disturbance was such a disappointment for me is because I got that album after I had gotten Primitive Rhythm Machine by Mortification. Right now, 
the reason why I'm that connection is there is because the guitar player that played on that mortification album was George Ochoa, Mm -hmm. who was the guitarist for deliverance on their first few albums. Yeah. So, and, and if you listen to, if you listen to some of the songs on, primitive rhythm machine are just ridiculously good. Like my favorite, my favorite mortification song is on that album. That's 4031, which yeah. is, which is, I saw uh, y'all. yeah, which, 4031. which is, which is basically all about just that verse. I, Isaiah 4031. Yeah. And that is just thrash speed metal, you know, just taking it to the limit. And then some, it's just like, Oh, this is great. And you got songs like Mephibosheth, or uh, uh, the title track, Primitive Rhythm Machine. Primitive Rhythm Machine is awesome. Or Gut Wrench. Or, you know, so many good, just grindy songs on that album. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, and he was the guitarist for for Deliverance. And then I picked up River Disturbance. And I'm like, no, I'm drowning in the, <laughs> in the River Disturbance. Yeah. I'm like, what? It, it serves a different machine? purpose. Yeah, it serves a different purpose. I think that's with I, with Deliverance, you really need to to look at the album and sort of look around it a little bit. And to if you do that, you'll get such a better uh, appreciation for the individual albums and appreciation for the entire you know his entire production. Um, I get it. it. I I get it. But it's just like with me, it was it was just unmet it was unmet expectations. It's like reaching for a glass and expecting to take a (laughs) a drink of Coke, but instead you get a drink of milk. Milk's not bad, but it's not what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, but yeah. So, you know, deliverance is one of those bands that, and uh, I, I try not to be a snob and, Oh, I don't, I'll be a snob all day long. (laughs) Well, what I'm saying is like, I, for instance, on Spotify, I have like uh, different lists that I put together, and so I have like a, a prime uh, deliverance uh, list where it's like my favorite albums from that time period. You know, all the all the good stuff. Bam, and then I'll have uh, newer deliverance. And you know, when I listen to the prime deliverance stuff, I I sort of want it to tell me okay yes and now there's more stuff that maybe i'll be able to you know to put into this prime thing if i listen to the newer stuff so i have those newer lists you know newer mortification and and tourniquet and stuff like that where i'm trying to get over that uh accidental snobbery where (laughs) i think of these bands as you know from the from the late 80s to the mid 90s and that's their best stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to even think about all their other stuff. I want to think about their other stuff. Some of them are putting out some really great stuff. And I just, I need to, to take the time and dig in and to, to give it, to give it its chance. So, well, we are coming to the end of our hour long allotment that uh, Celeste and Dallas have given us. So let's go ahead and end on this note. Let's give each other an album, a recommended album to each other, and then we'll listen to it, and then we'll come back the next episode and we'll discuss. Does it have That's to be how, a Christian album? Well, I, I I'd imagine if if we're trying to promote Christian music, that that should be best. <laughs> um, if we're going to make be re- making recommendations that people listening might follow up on, I think that would probably be the wisest thing to do. And and should it be a, a an album that the other person probably hasn't heard? Um, I mean, between the two of us, that we might have problems getting those <laughs> after a while. Uh, but uh, you try 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 to think within that guidelines, but that's not going to be a requirement. I I would probably since I don't I don't know if you've actually heard Stay of Execution. I actually have. Okay. I, I don't I don't remember it. But I have well, at one point. I'll challenge you to, to listen to that again. Okay. And being as I know you have Spotify, which has everything on it anyway, yes. um, I will recommend the self-titled album by a band called White Lighter. White Lighter? Mm-hmm. I think I've heard of them. White? L-I-G-H-T-E-R? Mm-hmm. Like you would l- use it to light a fire. 
Um, it is the, it is, uh, are you familiar with the band neon horse? Mm, a little bit. Yes. It is what they became after they stopped existing. Oh, so okay. Mark Solomon's the vocalist and it's got some people from uh Starflyer 56 and former members of project 86. Is the band called typhoon? No, the band is called white lighter. Okay. Cause it pulled up an album called white lighter. So let me see. It must must be a different thing. So the White Lighters, then White Lighter, White Lighter, White Lighter Curse, White Lighter Club, White Lighter, White Lighter. I will send you a picture of. I have the. <laughs> I have. I have the vinyl. So I'll send you a picture of it. But for the sake of the podcast, those are what we're going to be talking about next episode. So uh, stick with us and uh, on the next episode, and we will discuss that, and we will have a little bit more structured format going forward. So check that out too. Um, make sure you like geek devotions, uh, and subscribe to their stuff, put up a review saying how awesome they are, tell them how awesome we are. So they'll invite us back for more episodes (laughs) and until next time, I'm John and I'm Steve and we'll catch you on whenever the flip side. There's that, is that two eighties? I don't know. We'll catch you, catch you. We'll catch you. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.